Hello and welcome to another Perusia podcast. I'm Shabal Reish, your host, and I'm very excited about our guest today. Uh, this is no stranger to the Catholic world. You would have heard about the Rwandan uh, genocide uh, many years ago, and our friend Immaculee Ilibagiza is a survivor during that uh, Holocaust, and she's ever since uh, being saved by Our Lady, literally, uh, and the power of the rosary. She's been promoting the love of God and the love of the rosary and prayer for many years and also promoting uh, Our Lady of Cabello in Rwanda. She's with me now, and we're going to talk about Our Lady of Sorrows during this hour because the month of September is dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows, and Immaculate has a, a strong devotion to that. So let's welcome her now. Uh, hello, Immaculate. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You've just come back from Rwanda. Uh, how, how is everything over there? It is really beautiful. <clears throat> it was really good because actually this was uh, a pilgrimage I took to Our Lady, like she used to tell us to bring her, her, her children. So I feel good anytime I am able to take a pilgrimage. So I was with like 32 people and oh. who flew from all over yeah, the, the world really. Yes, it was good. Do you go back to Rwanda often? I do. I go back. I have a few projects there. I have charities where I'm helping some schools and looking for help for them, schools to rebuild. So I go to wander at least twice. No, once every two months. Oh, wow. At okay. Yeah. It's about yeah. six times a year. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I've gone back like two weeks after and I'm like, I'm back. I'm like, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> but when it is inspired by Our Lady, when I feel it's her work, all these schools are led by nuns in Rwanda. It is actually the same school where she appeared. And wow. then I yeah, some work with the bishop in Rwanda, helping him to, to build the church Our Lady have asked for to build in her honor for the apparitions. So that is something I've been working with helping the church to see if it can be done for the past 10 years i am involved oh wow how, how is the progress with that this is our lady of kibaya you were talking about yes so our lady of kibaya asked that they build two churches for her which okay. we believe one will become a basilica and she gave the measurements of the churches wow so she she gave the land where she wanted so the past 10 years maybe most of the time it had been really to kind of stand up to try to, to show documents that Our Lady, where she wants it and how she wants it, but it is all written. So wow. to follow up on that had been a long journey, you know, but it is now in a very good place. The Bishop is very much, you know, willing and wanting this help. So things are in a good place. We have a foundation which took a few years also to make. And the foundation was made, and then it took a few years to find somebody who can design the church, and then even just to accept to put it where Our Lady accept, wanted it to be. So now I think very soon we are going to to raise like the the real money really to build it. Oh wow, excellent! Well, I'd love to um, yeah, towards the end of this show, I want to point people to how they can support for that for that uh, initiative. That's exciting. Oh, God bless you. For, for those, I, I do want to talk about Our Lady of Sorrows, but before we dive in, just a very quick recap. We've had you on before, and, and you're no stranger to the world, but for those who still may not have heard your story, um, 
are you able to give us like an express version of of your story sure definitely. yes and by the way i'm really happy to come back it's amazing i'm amazed by your faith your dedication to, to faith to feed the children of god so it's always a joy to to talk to you Oh, thank you. It's reciprocal. Thank you. We, you're, you inspire me as well. Thank you so much. So, well, my background. So I wrote a book called The Left to Tell, and that is really where I wrote my, my experience of the genocide. Even if, as you said very nicely earlier, it's not really about just the genocide. It's about the love of God that I saw. You know, the subtitle of my book is called The discovering God amidst of the Rwandan genocide and Holocaust, which was exactly it and was the motivation to write the book Left to Tell. So I lived through the genocide in Rwanda against Tutsi, people of my tribe, and I was a student in the college when the genocide happened in 1994. I was home for Easter holiday, you know, when I thought I was going back home and went to school. So three days after I was home, we heard one morning that the president of the country was killed. So the moment he was killed, they, we knew there was propaganda already. We mm -hmm. actually were waiting for, how is it going to start? How can this begin? Because there was radio for two years where they used to say they were going to kill people of my tribe. So in Rwanda, we had two main tribes, Tutsi and Hutu. So another thing that prepared us was the apparitions of the Our Lady the same one I promote, the same one I speak about and, and uh, who gave us the seven sorrows rosary. So Our Lady, one of the things she said in tears was that a terrible thing was going to happen to our country if we did not come back to God. So she showed wow. the children who saw her, people killing each other with machetes, holes of dead bodies. Oh, why I love this apparition and even to mention this with the same story, is because Our Lady said, if you only can listen to me and do what I ask you to do, what is going to happen will not happen. So, and one of the simple things she was asking for, she was saying, make prayer groups, pray the rosary together for the peace of the country. If you do, what is coming will not happen. So anytime I think about it, what? You mean the prayer is enough? You know, prayer can be that powerful? It can change the future for countries? Then, you know, many times we, we complain these politicians are bad and this and that, and sometimes they are not good, you know, but we still have power. We don't have to lose hope. We have power in these rosaries, in our prayers. We don't have to lose hope at all to say, look how bad they are. We can pray. We can save our countries. So anyway, that's, that's so how powerful. Um, yeah. when, when, when was that apparition? Uh, was that before? It must have been obviously before the genocide. Um, yes. How, how early? How much earlier than the genocide? You won't believe. She appeared in 1981 and she wow. started to speak about the genocide in 1982. And the genocide happened in 1994. So 12 years later. So, and this is very, really important because sometimes I used to think, well, maybe it will happen in 100 years. You know how the Bible mm -hmm. says the world will come to an end and 2,000 years ago. And then I used to think maybe 200 years. It was 12 years later. Yeah. Hell happened wow. in wonder. I still remember Our Lady came during the genocide and she told the visionary, sadly, with sadness, this is what I have been trying to protect you from. 
So she came to confirm, this is what I've been talk talking to you about. And you didn't listen. So wow. anyway, when, when, when I heard about what was happening, that the president died, for some reason, I don't know why, but it was so clear to me that it was coming to be so bad. So I remember when my brother told me I was in bed, actually, I still remember like what was yesterday. I went outside and we started to listen to the radio and we found out they have started to kill people of our tribe, family by family. It was so well organized. They knew what they were going to do. So by the second day, we had so many people home asking my parents what to do. My parents were teachers. My dad was a director of Catholic schools. So mm -hmm. people really trusted them and loved them as people just would give them a good advice. So many people came home. So by the second day, we were about 10,000 people. So one moment, my brother, my father came to me and handed me the rosary. We were a Catholic family and I'm still Catholic. And he asked me to go to hide to a neighbor who was from a Protestant pastor, who was a Protestant pastor and who was from the tribe. So this man put me to sit in a three by four feet bathroom, thinking it was going to be two, three days. We stayed in that place three months. Three so months. Three months. I mean, when I think about it, I still remember thinking during the genocide. I'm like, wait, we came here in April. We are still sitting in the same place in May, in June, and now it's July. Wow. wow. I never thought in my life this kind of thing can happen. I never even thought you can survive that. I, I didn't know how you, where would you put your mind? How can you live even a week? But right. during time, my father gave me something that became such an instrument. I mean, again, as our lady was saying, which my dad, my mom and dad, they loved our lady of Kibeho. They have gone there many times. It was really something our lady nurtured us as a family. And I'm so glad my parents take, took her as a mother. So when I was separating my father, he handed me a rosary. It is all he gave me. And you know what? It is all I needed. During those three months, I prayed from morning until night. One time I counted how many rosaries I said. I said 27 rosaries every single day and 40 divine mercy chaplets every single oh, day. Wow. It took me from six in the morning until 10 o'clock. I mean, it was only time I felt I can be protected. It was only time I can have peace. It was only time I can be myself because the threat was so terrible. During those three months, there was no schools, no banks, no markets. It, the only thing being done in the whole country was killing people. It was a lockdown, you know, in, in some ways, but it was like a mad, mad three months where they were killing children to the older people. So, and we came out because the war was over. The same people were killing, hoping to be in a paradise. They lost the war. And that's how they ran away. And the people from my tribe and the other tribe, Tutu, who were good and who didn't want to, you know, to be part of that, they captured the country. That's how we're able to come out. But during those three months, and again, this is really where, what I share most and what inspired me to even write a book, I wanted to share with people what, how I saw God. You know, through, I came from anger to let go the anger and truly to forgive. And truly see things the way Jesus helps us to see things, yes. you know, to see people and pray for them because they don't know what they do. And I, it felt natural for me to pray for them. And yet before I was asking God, how do I forgive? 
I want to follow you. I want to pray sincerely, but how? How can I forgive people who, who are trying to kill me, who maybe killed my mom, my dad? How is it possible? And then a moment came through the rosary completely when I was able to say, now I understand it. I feel it. Thank you. So it was a, a horrible journey, but it was a journey that brought me to love God. Oh, I saw, I, I mean, there's a time I remember I used to, to dream and I would kind of, it's not even dream. It was like a vision. Mm -hmm. I would faint. I would faint. If I heard people come to search for us, sometimes I fainted like in a moment and then I would dream in that second. So one time I remember kind of fainted and then I felt, I saw Jesus. I didn't see him in this one time as a person. I saw almost like his hands, his, he was helping me. He said, I'm going to put my cross at the door. Nobody will cross here. So don't worry, I hear your prayers. And I said, okay, fine. Oh, good, thank you. And then I woke up, I'm like, wait, wait. Oh, I know we are fine, but where is he? I wish I, I was like, oh, let me look at it now. <laughs> so I saw many miracles throughout. I, another time I, our Lord literally in a dream, also like those kind of fainting, he came to me and he said, when you come out, everyone will be killed. You will find everyone you left behind have been killed. And then he said two things. If you continue to love me and to trust me, yes. I will be there for you. And I will do for you more than what your parents could have been able to do for you. So when I, I said, I heard that, I said, okay, if you can take care of me, who else do I need? You are God. You're almighty. Yes. And then when I woke up, I said, what? I said yes to that. I could have said no. But exactly. I convinced myself it was not a dream. But later, three months later, when we came out, exactly as a dream said, actually, I found out everyone was killed. A million people were killed. And my mom, my dad, my two brothers, my grandma, my grandpa, and they were all killed. You lost everyone. Um, a million people, just to let people understand. One million people and many by machete. This is like slaughtering. This is genocide Completely. at its worst. Complete. And by the way, Rwanda is a very small country. You, you can literally cross the country in five hours drive. Oh, wow. So having, yeah, so having a million people was everywhere was their bodies. Every, and that's what it was. I mean, everywhere we passed by until like two years later, you can find arms of somebody on the street. It was horrible. Oh, yeah, oh. One man who were looking for me, was looking for me. He said he had been, he spoke outside of the bathroom. And he said, I'm, he have killed, he said, I don't even want to repeat his words in the first person, but he said he have killed the 399 cockroaches. And he said he wanted me to be the 400. And this is a man I went to school with. A man I can call a friend. I never did wrong to him. He never did wrong to me before. It was somebody we laughed with. And he just said he wants me to be the 400. Wow. Wow. <laughs> It sounds like, and I've, I've read the story and I remember uh, hearing this. So it sounds like the only way to get to that point, it, they were these people possessed in some way. I mean, how, what gets, what comes over someone to get to that point of killing not one, two, but hundreds and hundreds like that? They did. And you know what, by the way, that person who were looking for the 400 to me, to be the fourth, he found somebody who made the 400. And after he made it 400, he lost his speech. He couldn't talk. Mm. He, he died without, he couldn't even eat. So whenever he got to the 
I mean, before he spoke, he was speaking. When they were giving him food, he said he would hear voices or people would tell him that we used to eat too. Why are you eating? So he, he literally died in hospital during the genocide after he killed 400 people. Oh, it, wow. Man, wow. Yeah, crazy, and he couldn't eat, and he, he starved to a death. He's a different person to the one who, um, there was one that did actually uh, murder your, um, your, yes. your immediate family. That was another yeah. person, wasn't it? Was another person. So that yeah. was just one of the men who was in the group wow. of people, the one who killed 400. But there's another man now who owned the group. So there mm -hmm. was a couple of people would have a group of three, 400 people and be the leader. So he used to send them where I was hiding. And then they would say outside, our boss told us she's here and she's the only one he's missing in the group, in, in her family. Wow. So we, we knew very, him, he was the boss of the whole group, but his guys were killing and he, he was killing too. You, you came very close. I remember in the story in the bathroom, um, you came very close to death or they, them discovering you multiple times throughout the, the three months. And you weren't alone in the bathroom. How, how many other women were there with you? We were eight people. Eight women. In a, in a three by four foot bathroom. Three by four feet. I went back there after the genocide and I said, is that the bathroom? Is this small? The man was like, yep, this is it. It's the only one I have here. I'm like, no one could lie down at all yeah. for three months. No, yes. He used at night, he used to open his door so we can crawl in front of the door. And then before the light came up, the sun came up, we would go back inside. And sometimes okay. we had to sit in the bathroom completely. But for 12 hours, we had to sit on top of each other like that. Wow. wow. Yeah. My goodness. Um, but now uh, there is a, I, your powerful story is when you did meet that killer um, yeah. and you had an opportunity to basically uh, press charges or do something, get your revenge. Um, and please tell us about that moment. Yes, that moment, huh? You know, I I kind of see it as a powerful moment, and it is definitely mm -hmm. because I came definitely to express what I felt. But the, the most powerful for me was when I was able to let go of the anger inside. Because the anger I had, I had a, a process. How do you come out? How do I understand? When Jesus helped me to, to understand forgiveness, that was everything. I still remember in the bathroom feeling like I'm floating from the ground because this was like, I was a new person. It was almost like this person was lifted. This angry person in me was gone. This luggage is over my shoulders of anger was gone. So that is very powerful. So later, fast forward, six, like two months actually after the genocide, I got a chance. Okay, people used to tell me, you can't forgive them. You look happy. Of course, I still cry to this day. It's not like I'm happy to a point where I, I don't cry. But yes. people used to you can't be happy. You can't be good, normal after this quickly. You, you must be angry. I'm like, oh, well, no, actually I came to forgive. And then the people said, no, if you see somebody who killed your family, I promise you, you will be angry again. And they started to scare me. I said, I will go back to that bitterness I used to have that was so heavy. I couldn't remember how to smile. I couldn't, it was so bad. The anger is horrible. It gets you sick. There's no joy in your heart when you're angry. It's a terrible situation. So I was scared because it was so overwhelming. And then I said, let me go to the prison because I knew where the man who killed my family 
and who on that group was, they have captured him. He killed thousands of people. So they told me he's in a prison. I said, I would like to look in his face to see it, what I would feel. Yeah. In some ways, I didn't want to lie to myself that I forgive when I don't. I wanted to live a life in a normal, at least honestly, sincerely. Mm -hmm. So I said, let me go see him and let me become the same bad person as I was, or let me see if I truly forgive. Because he was just not good, man. Yeah, he was ahead of killing so many people. Anyway, I went to him in the prison. I was scared. Am I going to be angry again? So the head of the jail was a, a friend of my father. So he opened the jail for me. And I still remember the man coming towards me. He, when I saw him, my first reaction was tears. I started to sob crying. And what, my, what was my heart was, look at what he did to himself. How can he? This man had children, like my dad. He was a friend of my father. He had a wife. He had, I respected him like a father. Wow. Now that what he did himself. So a part of me was almost like Jesus was showing me. You see what I told you? They don't know what they do. Yes. He could not know what he was doing. Let, you know, forgiving him was the right thing. It wasn't a matter of like, let me forgive him again. It was almost like the, it was the right thing to forgive him. He doesn't know. And I still remember he was like, his foot was swelling. His hair was upside down. He haven't shaved maybe in six months. He was just a dirty person. And when I saw that, I realized that he couldn't love me if he could not love himself. And mm -hmm. me being angry with him doesn't change anything. I truly had pity for him. So I told him I forgave him because a part of me was like trying to push me to say to him, you know, there's so much more I wanted to tell him. But what I wanted to tell him, in and I didn't have time, was I hope you can go through your own journey as I did to find forgiveness too, especially to regret what you have done. I wanted this man, if his children ever come to him, to visit him in a prison, for him to tell them, never do what I have done. It is bad. Yes. It is wrong. I think that is where I was trying to get to his heart, which of course I couldn't say much more. However, so well, after I killed my parents, he stored the things of the house. He stored the material in the house. He stored the machines of my home. And then he dared to tell me, he said, Oh, I kept them for you. <laughs> it, yeah, I know, right? It yeah. was trying to, yeah, to save his face. And the head of the jet, he became so mad. I mean, he was a man who had lost his five children too. Yes. A man who lost his wife. So he got so mad. He said, what? You can't even, you can't even apologize to her. He kicked him and he let, kicked him out of the room. And then he turned against me. He's like, I brought you to ease up your pain, to hit him. And that's what you do. You cry for him and you forgive him. He was mad. He and was I angry was with you. <laughs> angry at me now. I'm like, and I couldn't. I, I completely felt, okay, fine. Maybe I'm guilty, but that's okay. Because this man also have lost his family. I couldn't go to say how they are, you mad at me. I'm like, you have every reason because I still remember when I was like you. In my heart, I said, I still remember when I was mad, no one could change my mind. Yes. Only by God's grace. I had to work slowly to find forgiveness. And that's why anytime somebody tells me I'm mad, truly, I can never be mad at them or, or say how dare. I'm like, okay, God, please help them. 
the way you help me, I know I can. So I, I want to be around, I want to help, I want to talk to be able to help, but I can't uh -huh. blame people. Because can when you, yeah, when people are hurt, they're hurt. Yes. I've met people who have been raped. I met people who have expressed their anger towards me, mm. what they have gone through. And I'm like, okay, all I can tell you is that nothing changes the truth for what it is. However, when you forgive, you are able to breathe. You're able to see things as they are. You see the wrong. Then you can cry to God and say, God, help me. And that's what I felt Jesus was telling me. Let go the anger and let's focus on your pain. Ask me to help you. You need so much. They have killed. You are angry. You, you are sad. You need a home to live in. You need a friend. You need a brother. Ask me to help me, to help you. Let me focus on you more than focusing on those who have done wrong to you. So it was a beautiful thing that happened, yeah. It really is that power, that the power of forgiveness. Uh, it goes two ways, right? It's 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 great for the person who's guilty uh, to to hear the words "I forgive you," so they're forgiven. That's that's very powerful. But for the person who is forgiving, in your case, it also is healing because in the way you describe the, that moment when you say "I forgive you," this weight you said you could breathe, like weight come off your shoulders. You're you're you you know like a new creation. It's so freeing. Mm -hmm even from your perspective uh, yeah that feeling tell us about that feeling and then and then that how that transformed is, you yeah it's really freedom it was you know it's so funny because as humans we like to be so smart you know we yeah. know things i can't forget because i can't or i don't want to follow what jesus says our lord says mm. because we think we know better <laughs> but right. i when i was I, I was i let go the anger I was able to say, okay, fine, God, I forgive them. When I was able to be there, it was a kind of new. It was like a new thing happened to me, which was the feeling I had, I never expected them. The feeling of freedom, the feeling of like, I am, you know, where's the one good priest who used to, he, for now he have gone to heaven. He used to say, when you are angry, you are carrying something over your shoulders. Mm. When you forgive, you put it down and you are free. So it really was like, that was like the freedom and in a such a supernatural way that every day, you know, when you are angry, many people understand when, you know, when they have been angry with somebody, you think about the person over and over. You think about what they did. Sometimes you call friends, you tell them like, you can't believe what happened. And then you call another friend, you call another friend. Yes. So it's like, it becomes an obsession. It becomes a sickness. You yes. go to bed, you think about that person. You wake up, you think about them. You are walking, and you can't believe what they did to you. It's like an obsession. It becomes a sickness. Yes. So you are able to let go, to forgive. And that's when you know it's a forgiveness. Because sometimes we think we forgive, but it's still there. So wow. it's really, yeah, you want to forgive, but also is a grace of God when you are genuinely can think of these people with love. Because they are the children of God too. And they are risking to go to hell. And if you can succeed to pray for them, to bring them back to, to see what they have done, then you have earned a soul. So when I was able to, to truly forgive because I have tried before, it wasn't happening. And when I was able to see them as people who just don't know what they're doing, who risk really big time, I felt I can love them in some weird way. 
I can truly wish them to change. It wasn't like, oh, let's come back, let's hug, let's forget about it. It was more like, you don't know, and I'm going to pray for you. I hope one day you're going to wake up and see what you have done and it can regret. And you know, when I saw that, I did not want to be in their shoes. I, I mean, if I say something unkind about somebody, even if that person have done what I think I say, I don't sleep. I feel like, you know what? It's mm. not my place to judge them and, and to say so bad words about this person. I don't sleep. I need to go to confession. I need to clean up. So imagine somebody who will wake up and say, I killed somebody when they're begging for mercy or I messed up other people's life. You don't wow. want to be in those places. It's bad. <laughs> You know, and, and I'm, I really pray for them with, with love, with compassion, and they say, you don't even know. You need to stop quicker than later because the regret will be much bigger. So yes, when so you're able to, and that I felt free. I felt of, as if like the world is in two parts, part of love and a part of hate. And people, some people are on, on a part of hate. And the part of love is people like Mother Teresa, beautiful people who are at peace. And I felt like, we, we have to come from hate to, to love. And when you come here, you feel like you, you are much smarter because people who are angry, they think, if I forgive them, I give them the right to do wrong. It's as if like a, they're smarter than me. Yeah. And then I, that's it. I give them a gift. No, it's really not that. Wow. What what you're talking about, and you mentioned Jesus on the cross said, "Forgive, Father, forgive those." It's actually his first. It's first words Jesus says is, "Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do." And yes. and yourself to get to that point to be able to say the same words of our Lord, who, who he was unjustly treated, and yes. and as an extreme case, what you went through the whole genocide and to meet the killer, the the murderer of the closest people in your life. And you had an opportunity to, to do something. People will expect spit in his face, do whatever, but that won't solve the problem. It, the longer, deeper issue is, will you forgive? And I just can't help think that that three months in the bathroom, praying so many rosaries and divine mercy chaplets, yes. did that, how much that prepared you for not only that moment, but that that uh, power to forgive in, in the state you are now, anyone for the rest of your life. It's just amazing that moment and and so tell us the power of, of the rosary because we say in the our father father forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us it's a two-edged sword it's a double-sided coin we we can be forgiven but we first must be willing to forgive if we don't forgive yeah. we won't be forgiven uh, the rosary is powerful lesson in that it's so powerful and you know yeah you ask me what that had to do with my forgiveness I wish, I don't want to discourage anybody who is willing to forgive without praying, but it was 100% for me. Yeah. Because yeah. My, my human intelligence was telling me it's so bad, it's so unfair, it's so unjust, yeah. So that is a human intelligence. And with that, mm. a smart person wants revenge and want to help hold them accountable. And that is what is more normal. But the prayer was bringing, especially remember, first, the sorrows of our Lord, which is also the sorrows of our mother. Yes. The prayer of Jesus, I can't tell you how much it helped me so much. Because from the first sorrowful mystery, the agony in the garden, 
it because I had time and I wanted to respect to God like I'm talking to you now, I will go through that and I will stop in meditation and say, you can stop it. You are God. You mm. don't have to go through this, <laughs> you know. And then I will ask him, why did you have to go through that? Because yes. me, I don't have a choice. <laughs> so meditating on the rosary is the best thing ever, because, especially the sorrows. Because it, it, our, 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 the hardest trial, the hardest uh, temptation of human is suffering. When mm. everything is going well, it's perfect. Everybody can love. <laughs> Every, everybody can be good if everything is going well. Now, when you suffer, that's there comes the trial, the temptation. So, and that's why the sorrows is like a school. They are teaching you the sorrows of Mary, the sorrows of our Lord. So, just like the first sorrowful mystery, I'm going in the garden. What? You went through that? Okay, so you knew what was coming. You are bleeding blood. And you, you said yes, and you have never done anything wrong. You are God, you are almighty. Why? Because I love you. It was only answer, because I care. Okay, love is that powerful. I mean, you can go through things for another person. And, and the more people feel loved, the more you are good. You want to be kinder because most of the time we're angry because we feel hated. But when somebody is convincing you, I love you this much, I love you this much. You're like, am I worthy? Am I, does somebody still care about me? And so the rosary is like, it reminds you over and over. I love you this much. I died for you. Mm. I will go through fire for you. I'm like, okay, do, do you mean it? Like me too, I'm a part of that. So, and the, and the second rosary comes again, open another door, open another door. So it was the rosary that convinced me. I don't deserve, I don't deserve what they're trying to do to me. And then I go through the cutting of the cross that what used to shock me. I'm like, wait, one step, you have tons over your head and you're still going? And you, you, I mean, Jesus could have blinked. It was enough for everybody to fall down and die. Yes. <laughs> and he, he won't do that. And you know, the only reason why he won't, he won't do that. And yet he has the power because he cares about you. Because he wants to give the example, me who is suffering, that don't give up. Suffering is not the end. Suffering is not is not a defeat. Losing faith is a defeat. Yes. But suffering is not a defeat. Look at Jesus. He died on the cross, and in his death, he saved you and me. And it didn't change anything about him. He died, and three days later, he came back. Yes. And he resurrected. So it wasn't. He wanted to show us that no matter how low you go in life. As long as you have him, don't give up. Continue to, you will be more than who you were before if you can accept suffering with him. And even in my tiny life as a sinner, as a person, when I think about, okay, the loss of my parents, which in the end, I laugh sometimes with my brother and we go like, wait, <laughs> if my dad lived today, he was going to be, let's say, 83. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. he was going to be old, yeah. <laughs> You know, because he was born in the 40. And then, of course, you go to that age, soon 90, you're coming to an end anyway, you know? So in the end, we die. So dying is not the worst thing. It's losing the faith. So now my parents died, my brothers died young, but they, I believe they're in a better place in heaven. But even better, 
Look at those tough suffering. You know how many people have read my book? It had been translated like in 48 languages. 48? You know how, wow. Yes. How many people who have come back to God and say, you know what? Because of this family, because of whatever happened to this lady, I'm going to come back to God. I'm going to say the rosary. So even in, in my tiny life, I couldn't understand why I was suffering. God had brought good out of this mess, yeah, out of this suffering. That's the point. Yes. And that is the whole point. Yeah. I, can, I can protect myself. I don't want to suffer ever. And then I die anyway. That's and, right. And so, right. In the end, I can live 100 and 110. I still come to die. So what matters is how my life has affected others. What matters is how your life, what you have done, how yeah. it has raised another human being to go to heaven. It has saved souls. And that's what we have to fight for. Again, yeah. we don't like suffer, and I don't wish it to anyone. But however, it's a part of life. We have to accept it. Yeah. So forgiving was only possible through, for me at least, through understanding the sorrows of Jesus. Because there's a time when I was saying, it's too much. God, nobody ever suffered like me. And then I got through the sorrows. And I see Jesus on the cross with nails. I'm like, well, okay, okay. This is really bad. Somebody else have gone through it. And yeah. then I have like, oh, your mother's watching you. Oh, this is really bad. At least me, my mother was not watching me. So what you wow. went through is really bad. And then I would go like, let me feel like nails in my body. Oh, it's a little pinch. It hurts. That's right. So then I'm like, wow, so having nails. And I come back the same thing. Why? Why did you do that? Because you love me. Mm. So like I matter this much to you that you would take this pain when me, I'm not even willing to take a little pain for, for anyone. Very so powerful. that changed everything. So that's when Jesus said, forgive them. They don't know what they do. He was speaking from example. He wasn't speaking to me and say, oh, just do it. I'm God. I'm in heaven. I'm, I'm fine. But you, you are suffering. He was a part of that. And he was suffering with me and showing me the way. And then I, went, I remember going through the Our Lord's Prayer. Our Lord, you know, forgive us as we forgive. That is a lot to say, by the way. And this is a prayer for every, at least every Christian. They say yes. that prayer, forgive us as I do, is a big statement. If you say that, you better mean it. Either you are lying to God, lying to God, and if you lie to God, it's not good. No. You can't say, I lie to you, but give me what I want. You know, every relationship has to go two ways. I, you do what God wants, then you can expect at least willing. Because we are sinners, he knows we are weak. But I don't want to lie to him if I know I'm lying to him. You know, That's when so I true. do it, yeah, examination of conscience, there are many things I come to realize like, wait, why did I say that? That was not right. I should not. I should. Those things I think God forgives easy than I am planning to lie to you, but I know you're kind. You can forgive me. That's really not good. So anyway, you are lying to God if you say those words without meaning it. Or the second part, you are condemning yourself. Forgive me as I do. That means don't forgive me if I can't forgive. Forgive That's me right. as, as I forgive. So when I was, I thought about those things during the genocide, I'm like, no, 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 no. Me, 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 I want forgiveness. So not for me. Me, forgive me, but not others. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So it was, 
I wish I could tell you I forgave so easy. It was a struggle. It yeah. was a struggle. It was a fight. I feel like I was wrestling with God in some ways. Like, well, you know, my situation is different. I used to tell God, uh, it's different for me. Every, everyone else, I can forgive anything else, but this one is really bad. And I would tell him, they are burning our homes. They are killing everybody we look like. They, they, everything. So God, I hope you don't mind that I hate them. <laughs> yeah, that's God, I, so true. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. I feel like I've had a mini retreat just then, just to hear uh, your journey there, just on the, the power of forgiveness. Um, but you, you mentioned the mother, blessed mother. Now, someone who also yeah. suffered, Jesus was carrying the cross and we can, and we, we see the, the amount of pain, not just physical, but emotional, all those other areas of suffering that Jesus did. But then what about now his mother, the sorrowful mother? And, and the month of September is dedicated to it. The church dedicates a whole month to the sorrowful mother, the, the month of her birthday. Um, and can you tell us about it? You, you um, I understand, are uh, preparing a book. Can we announce that um, on this yeah. topic? But you have a strong devotion I, to Our Lady of Sorrows. Tell us, what is Our Lady of Sorrows? Let's talk about her. Um... Ooh, I love One Lady. I mean... Yeah, anyone can suffer when, when it comes to a mother. Suffering for her children is something different. So Our Lady of Sorrows, she appeared in Rwanda and in, in Kibeho, as I shared in Our Lady of Kibeho, as a story, she, you know, she shared many stories. She, shared, she appeared to many children, but one of them, her, her name was Marie Claire. She told her that she wanted to introduce to her the seven sorrows. So it's really a rosary actually that has like seven mysteries, you know, yeah, yeah like seven mysteries, seven. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, okay. Yeah, like seven mysteries, seven sorrows. And it has seven Hail Marys. So this is, a, a, she wanted to introduce her to the seven sorrows rosary, but it is not about the, just the rosary. It is her life and her sorrows. She wanted people to meditate on them as a mother and she promised us if you meditate on these sorrows with compassion with love with your heart your own sorrows will heal you will find strength to convert the things you will pray for i will listen to you god have promised me that those who will meditate on my sorrows will actually receive what they pray for and I, i'm telling you i have seen miracles i have seen people who have been trying to get pregnant for 10 years and they wow. start to spread rosary and they get pregnant. I've seen people with cancer who are sick and they start to devote themselves this to seven rosary every day. And then they heal. I mean, I have seen miracles. So one time I remember when, you know, when I was teaching, teaching my children about the seven sorrows rosary. So I asked them, so what do you think the sorrows of Mary are? And I remember my son was like seven, I think. And then he goes like, mom, was, was she sick? You know, is, yeah. is one of the, I'm like, you know, you're right. That's a sorrow, but no. So my daughter was a little bit older. She goes like, mom, when her, her mom died, is that a sorrow? When her husband died? You know, she's thinking about anything can be bad. Yes. And it's true. All those are sorrows. And it's true. Mother Mary, by the time she went to heaven, by the time Jesus died, her mom have died, her father have died, her husband have died. And her son died. So yeah. the seven sorrows of Mary 
Mary gave us their all around Jesus because she knows Jesus is a life, is a way and a truth, yeah. as you said earlier in the evening. So she, because she loves us so much, she wants to bring us to learn to suffer so we can be able to live this life. But she's is about her, but is everything around Jesus. And also, maybe actually it is the truth. Most of the things that have hurt her more than anything is all about her son. But she also picked them willingly so that we can go to him. So the first sort of, for example, is the prophecy of Simeon when Jesus was only 40 days. Oh, yes. And Simeon, our lady, a spear will pierce your heart. And our lady have told us in Kibeho, when you think about these sorrows, her sorrows, always think about them as if it was you. What if it was you? What do you think she felt? She said, don't go through this sorrow quickly. And you know how genius this is of her as a mother to help her children. When you think about her sorrow and you try to put yourself in her shoes, you always have to think about some suffering in your own life. I'm like, ah, what can I think about this that can make me feel what she felt? Oh, maybe when we found out about the genocide, the moment we found out that they have started to kill people for a tribe, ooh, we were scared. We didn't know it was coming to us, but it was possible. So you yeah. see, the waiting. Our lady knew something terrible was going to happen to her son. She didn't know when. When is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? But she knew it was going to be bad, terrible. A spear would pierce your heart. So when she told the visionary, she said she lived with that suffering for the rest of the life of Jesus. Oh, wow. And then our sweet mother, when she, she gave us this, she wants you to open your heart so that you too, you can talk. What I heard the therapists do, therapists, when they speak to people, they just help you to open your heart. What did you feel? How did you feel? Yes. And, what, and what did you feel? And the more you speak about how you felt, the more you heal. Can you believe that? So our lady comes now and wants us to think about Jesus as a baby. Already a prophecy was there that he was going to die. He wa she wanted us to think about her. So that's why you ask me what is the name of my book and what I'm writing is exactly the life around this rosary. So the name of it is called A Blessing in Disguise. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, the seven rosary, A Blessing in Disguise. Because what I have found is Anytime I think about the sorrows of many, I'm like, oh, you feel that way? Oh, mother, me too, I feel this way. And I go to the next sorrow, which is the prophecy of sin, the flight into Egypt, when they had to run to Egypt. So oh, imagine yes. the sorrows of a, of a refugee running. You don't know where you're going. And then all of a sudden, too, I go like, uh-oh, I went through those moments. Even just coming to this new country, America, it wasn't easy, you know, because you are new, you dif different language. There's so many layers of the suffering of a, of a person who is running from home. That's right. So, Mother Mary, you feel that way? But the more I feel, I feel for her, the more my heart opened. And I start to cry. And after I share my pain with her through the rosary, oh, I, I have a relief. Like, I'm like, why am I feeling good when I was crying? <laughs> but because our Lord also embraced you when you said this rosary, when you think of her sorrow, his mother, is such a sweetness and is sorrow. So it's a blessing in disguise. Wow. So another sorrow, the loss of Jesus, the third, when Jesus was 12 years old. They went to the temple and thinking he came with them. 
Do you know what a mother feels when you lose your child for three days? I don't want any mother. I don't wish anyone to go through this. And of course we know the world, people are being trafficked, you know, people get hurt, it's so terrible. And, and what this rosary does to me, when I think about the sorrows of Mary, I also it also opened my heart to pray for everyone who is suffering. Yeah. So I open my heart, which brings a healing to me, but also it brings me to pray for others. So the fourth sorrow, Our Lady meet Jesus on the way to the cross. You know how many uh -huh. people have been executed for their faith yeah. in this world? First, you think about her because she wants you to understand what she felt. I mean, I, I remember meeting one of my aunt after the genocide. She wasn't going to the cross. She was actually coming out of the cross. So my aunt was a teacher who was very clean. They killed her husband, her three children in front of her. And she lived in a forest for three months. So we met outside oh, wow. of the genocide. Okay. And my aunt, who you couldn't eat without washing your hands. She had like wounds over her mouth because she ate bad grass. She, her, her, her clothes were teared up. Her hair was born. She's like somebody who had mar malnutrition for three months. To see that vision, it was so sad. I mean, it's one of those things, I mean, I can't speak about all, all my pain, but to see somebody you love. Others who died, I felt at least you are gone. But look at yeah. this one. It was so painful. So to see Jesus, and when I think about Mary, meeting her, 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 her son, I'm like, gosh, you saw him being rejected? You saw mm -hmm. him covered by wounds with a thorns over, you, over his head? You saw him, people disrespecting him? So you can't help but open your own sorrow. And then you start to think about people are being persecuted. Yes. Priests are being put in prison. Who are being persecuted for their faith? You know, marriages that are going bad, people, children seeing their parents, you know, destroying, their family destroyed. You think about all that, you're like, oh, mother, you felt that too? And you start to realize how much she's with everybody who suffers. So the fifth sorrow is when Jesus, Our Lady was under the cross, looking at Jesus, hearing every word he said, and how brave she is to remain there. And then the sixth sorrow, is when she had him dead now in her hands. Wow. In Kibbeh, she told us, when she received him in her hands, because now she was looking from a little bit further, it was then she was able to see every wound over his body. How they have tortured him. And this is really what blow my mind away, you know, just takes my breath away from Our Lady. And you never had a sin? You, you didn't get angry? You didn't say one bad word to anybody who did this. You remain pure. And that's when I had to look in my heart. Can I be that person when I suffer? Can I be pure? Or do I want to hurt other people? Do I want it like I was, you know, in my own? So the sorrows of Mary is like they leave a perfume over my, my soul, my pain. It heals my own pain. It, I say this seven sorrows rosary every day, and I can't... I mean, I, I tell you the truth, it always just like brings me back to life. Wow. Ah, yeah, every pain I felt like, you know, sometimes we don't even know that we're angry. Somebody drove in front of you quick or somebody yeah. said something bad about you. You know, I was the other day in a, in a, in a, in a plane 
and this person <laughs> who was sitting beside me. And I caught myself quick. I'm like, no, I didn't even catch. Anyway, this is what she did. She said, is your, is your phone on, a, what do you call it? On an air, oh, air, airplane mode? Airplane. Yeah. Is your phone on airplane? And we were still on the runway. Yes. Part of, well, I was trying to take so quickly to my family, this and that. And like, you have to put your phone. I'm like, since when do we have to put our, our plane, our phone? However, I was like, okay, God. Let me just say, no, it's not. I answered simple. I'm like, no, it's yeah. not. He's like, where you should put it? And I'm like, again, I, I, like, I have to remember a lady. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put it. I just like, I know that I wasn't feeling that. Yeah. Who, who are you? You know, you are just a passenger like me. How yeah. who are you to me and my phone? It's <laughs> an example. So many things like this happen in our life <laughs> throughout the day. Exactly. And yeah. I'm like, and I truly answered her kindly because I was thinking about our lady. I was saying the rosary before that. Yes. And then you know what? In the middle of that, she was the nicest person to me. I felt she felt, I feel she felt bad that maybe I wasn't speaking back as, as she was. She was really not happy. She's like, can you put your phone this and that? I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, wow. let me just, you know. And, and then again, don't think I'm good all the time. And, and that thing, the human thing came inside, you know, the, the human thing came in wanting to tell her, like, you know, it's not your business. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah. oh, no, I, I'm not. Let me answer the question she asked me. <laughs> no, it's not an airplane. So can you put it in because of this? I'm like, okay, I'm coming. I will put it. And then it was done. And after she was the nicest. So all these little things that come to, to scratch us, I could have made my pain even bigger by answering yeah, back. Very true. But I had to kind of like, dear mother, help me to be gentle like you. Help me to be kind like you. If this poor woman is scared of a plane, a phone that is not on an airplane, why should I judge her more than helping her? You know? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Very true. Was, yeah, she, she might be really scared that maybe yes. the plane will if it's yeah. not, I'm like, I need to put myself in her shoes. So that really helped me a lot, which again, we see how we can, there is suffering in the world every mm. day. But the rosary, especially the sorrows, it brings me back to my feet. It brings me back to humble myself, to accept whatever I'm going through. And when I'm able to, to accept, I'm healed. My, my heart is, is, is good again. I'm not angry, I'm not holding on the pain. I'm smiling, I'm a kid again. So the sorrows of Mary are very, very good to think about also in a proper way. Because some people say, I don't want to think about her pain because it makes me sad. No, no, no. Please do it out of love for her. Yes. Do yes. it out of love for you. Do it out of love for Jesus. And you will recognize a new way of loving them. You will feel their love. It's okay mm. to cry. I mean, Jesus went through torture. It's okay to cry for him. He's our Lord for heaven's sake. Yes. And again, the more we cry for him, the more we cry for our Lord, the more we fill our hearts with, with joy. We all know when we, when we pray from our hearts, we feel tears and it's okay. It's okay to have that. It's very healthy, I think. So, so the, sorrows, yeah, the sorrows of Mary encourage people, especially during this month, think about them. 
open your heart to, to your own pain to her. Tell her everything that is going wrong in the world. Cry to her. Talk to her about your fear. Talk to her about your anger. So share with her what she feels and try to take her as an example to help you deal with that life. But don't ignore it. It's happening. We have problems in the world. So speak to them to God, to our lady, through the seven stones rosary. Wow. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, the power of Our Lady of Sorrows. And then the idea, I love how you say we can now talk to even Our Lady through our pain and 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 through that, by sharing our pain, our, whatever we're going through with her, um, it's not just about realizing what she went through, but also her helping us to go through what we're going through. And it's a it's it's a very healing thing. So thank you. Just on the, the Our Lady of the Rose um, of Sorrows Rosary, uh, you said there was seven. Uh, um, well, they're not decades. There's seven lots of seven. <laughs> um, just yes. very quickly on the beads, what do you say? Is it like a normal rosary? What What are the prayers? So the prayers, actually, I have them on my website, if you wish okay. to share. What's, what's the website? We'll make sure we put it in the description. Yeah, immaculate, my first name, dot com. Immaculate.com. So, yeah, so there is a beginning prayer that actually the beginning prayer says, Oh my God, I offer you this rosary for your glory and to honor your Holy Mother, the Blessed Virgin, so that I can share and meditate upon her suffering. I humbly beg you to give me true repentance for all my sins. Give me wisdom and humility so that I may receive all the indulgences contained in this prayer. Amen. So after the beginning prayer, you say act of contrition and then three Hail Marys. And then there is also a, a prayer before the sorrow. Most merciful mother, remind us always about the sorrows of your son, Jesus. And then the first sorrow. And then our father. And then seven Hail Marys. Okay. And then the same beginning prayer again of the before sorrow and then second sorrow and our father then seven Hail Marys and let me tell you if anyone is listening to this and they want just to say it even using the other rosary just like do seven however you say it our lady is so happy it's so joyful to, to, yes. to hear our bubbling words and and trying to to put it together so however you try know that it makes her happy and I will need to say this the power of our lady so in Rwanda, Jesus appeared and Our Lady appeared. In one of the apparitions, he said this. This is something really, we real, Mary is given to us as a gift. Mm, and it's mm. good to go to her because she never, she never said no to her children, no matter how dirty we are. So our Lord said, my children, the heart, my heart is full of love, mercy, and justice. If you want my mercy, I overwhelm you with it. If you want my love, I give it to you. But if you don't want my mercy, my love, my justice, it stands. So justice of God is as real and is there and is yeah. active. Yeah. So you want his mercy, he will forgive. But if you don't want his mercy, his justice is there. And then he said to us a secret. But my, the heart of my mother is full of love and mercy. Those are two things that act. In her heart yes he said for those who go through my mother she will not refuse anyone even when you don't want her mercy her love but you just love her or you call upon her she will come to you and pray for you until you convert so she said and then he said to us he said blessed are those go, are those who go through my mother because i can't say no to my mom 
If my mother asks me for any person and she pleads for them, my grace, my mercy will come. So, and then he also says something. He said, my mother was given to you as a mother out of mercy for you so that she will deal with all of you, even those who are possible. <laughs> those, there is one man, a, a miracle I, I, I read in a book of miracles about Our Lady, a man who his, his wife used to tell him, please just bow to Our Lady, just love her. Please carry the rosary in your pocket. And then he would do that. But the man had a bad job. He was, he was actually murdering people. And then one time he bowed. And then when he opened, he saw Mary with sword in her heart. Ah, the seven sword so, in her heart. Wow. And she, was, she was in pain, bleeding. And she was kneeling with her sword in the front of her son on the cross and begging Jesus, please, son, just because that little way he bowed to me, please give him more graces to change. Mm. Please, son, I know you have sinned and he sinned so much, but a little respect he loves, he shows me. Please give him a little grace for him to, to be able to change. So Jesus told the man, this is again the book of miracle. If it wasn't for my mother, if it wasn't for your wife, who even reminded you to bow to my mother, to give her respect, you will end up in hell. But because of my mother, that little respect you give her, she pleads with me. Now I give you the grace to go in the forest and repent and do penance. So the man converted, he had a parishion, he went to the forest, beat himself for two years, regretting all the things he have done, people he have killed. And then after that, he gave himself to court and they, they killed him. But before they killed him, he was a converted man. And wow. he, he had, they asked him his last wish. He said he wants to apologize to everybody have done wrong. So the man got the grace to change. But it was just by that little bow to a lady because mm -hmm. his wife said, please just bow to a lady. Whenever you see her statue, please bow to her. Remember, she's a mother. You know, she would take care of you. So she's a good mom who plead for us. She reminds us always, I'm not God. I'm a creature like you but she's a queen of heaven and earth yes. and God has given her power. She's the mother of God, have given her power in heaven and on earth. So good. What a great reminder. Well, thank you. So we are out of time. Unfortunately, I wish I could go. I feel like we need like a three day retreat together <laughs> just to go through. I uh, come to Australia for three day retreat. That's good. Look, well, let's make it happen. Uh, we have to talk. We have to lock that in. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, in oh. Australia again. Um, but uh, just a, uh, for those who uh, just want to get in touch, so your website is immaculate.com. Yes. And mm -hmm. and uh, the story, uh, if they want to know more about the genocide, there's the Left to Tell book that they could they could purchase. Yes. Um, that's on your website. All uh, all your resources, the links off your main website. Yes, and and so, also is yes, and you if you want to learn the story of Our Lady of Sorrows, even Our Lady of Kibeho is a good introduction to that. Yes. But then the one day, the seven sorrows, a blessing in disguise coming in January, which we will talk more maybe about that if you wish. Yeah, okay. love to. Let's, I'd, I'd love to get your resources in Australia and all these. Um, this is powerful. We need to inform people, inspire people, and hopefully lead more souls to heaven through the intercession of Our Lady, Our Lady, the Blessed Mother. And what a time we've, we've, uh, the church dedicates August to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and it's Assumption of Mary on August 15. And then you have Our Lady's birthday, September 8. And this whole month of September is 
Our Lady of Sorrows. And then October is Our Lady of the, the Rosary Month. So look at that, three months in a row, the, the, the Catholic Church dedicates um, to Marian, uh, to Our Lady. And so that's how much, uh, you know, honor we, we want to give her. And we can't give her too much honor because ultimately Jesus is leading us to her. She's leading us to Jesus. So the more we love Our Lady, the more we'll end up loving Jesus. <laughs> it's just, it's, just a, it's a package deal. Yes, everything is real, but she, she's a mother. God knows she's a mother who wants her children to go to heaven. Yes. You know, so she, she leads us to, I mean, the whole rosary, the, you know, she leads us to heaven. Really, she teaches us how to pray for a priest. She makes us say the rosary every day. She asks us to go to confession once a month. She's a, the best to know how to go to heaven. Amen. Well, just a final, just a, a final message, Immaculate, uh, to all those watching. We are in a very um, divided world, a polarizing world uh, from politically uh, from all sorts of things. It's a big question, but just a final message, hearing what you've been through in your life um, and the way you live a, a life of forgiveness, our peace. Um, just a final message now as we close. And then... Um... I really, with all my heart, I wish to tell people, the more that somebody, I, I don't remember if I, where I heard it recently, somebody, somebody said, all the devil wants is a little dialogue. Mm-hmm. The devil wants to dialogue with us, just as he did with Eve. You know, are you sure? God really said you shouldn't. And then you get engaged and he's too smart for us. I would just wish to tell people, please don't engage with the negative. Don't engage with the enemy. It's so attracting to talk about politics right now, but we're so mm. divided. And then people end up fighting. You yeah. can't change anyone. So please focus on prayer. If you have somebody you can talk, you can feel good, and they can give each other, of course, advice and how do you deal with situation, or even just to see, like, do you see what I see? But there's a time when we know it won't do anything good. If I will, I mean, this is what I'm trying to do. We cut out the cable. I mean, I can see the news in many, so many different sources, yes. but we removed the cable because it was too much in your face. Yes. And then it brings you, it sucked you in, and you, your soul is just so disturbed. I will really tell people, pray, pray, make prayer group, pray in the family, mm -hmm. read the Bible, discuss the things of God. It is the only thing that can change something. Of course, we don't know who is listening. Sometimes it's people who have power to change things. But if you pray, God is going to tell you what you can do. As a writer, as a speaker, I am every day with what is going on. I try to do the same in my writing, just to encourage people to do what is good to help the poor the best I can in my ways, in my capacity. I have met Bush one time, he was a president that time, and I will never forget, he shocked me. He said, I have read your book and your book have helped me to know how to deal with that fool. Where was the genocide? I'm like, you're right, you are president, you can do so much. So you see, that book, you never know, or the story we're sharing now, what hands it fall into, Maybe a doctor who decide to say, I want to be the best doctor. I just want to care for people and love them. Whoever come to me, I want to pay attention to them. As a husband who say, you know, I want to take care of my family. As a mother, I want to take care of my, my, my children, bring them to pray. And if one by one changes, the world will be a better place. So if I would just remind people, don't be sold with the negative that is pulling and calling. Let's talk about it. Let me call a friend. Did you hear that person? It does nothing. But if you call a friend to pray, 
and do something to do something positive about it, you have done good. Praise God. Thank you very much. I want to thank you for joining us, Immaculate. You are in my prayers personally and all of our prayers. And please pray for us over here at Perusia. And, and thank you for all that you do. Thank God. you. We got started, Rosary, now. I would definitely will offer your intentions and all the people who you, you, you serve their intentions. Thank you so much. Well, that, thank you, everyone. Thanks. It's another show. What a powerful show. It is it, the month of Our Lady of Sorrows. Let's, let's uh, take on the advice of what Immaculate said. Let's start prayer groups. What a very simple idea. Start this month. Start a prayer group. Get together with one or two friends, maybe four or five friends, and just invite people to pray. And let's start with the rosary, the rosary of the seven sorrows. We, It's in our hands. Let's do our bit. God will do his bit. We've got to do our bit. So what an inspiration this show was. I hope you've taken a lot out of it, as I have. And uh, until next time, God bless. Thanks for listening to the Perusia podcast. If you've enjoyed these podcasts, please share with your family and friends. And for more information about everything Perusia, please visit our website at perusiamedia.com.